Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of the Warrior Way podcast. I'm Jeff Tobin, and I'm feeling kind of lonely these days as I'm without my partner in crime, Grant Scouten. With good reason, however, as he and his wife, London, welcomed their son, Carter Lee, to the world on November 9th. Warrior Nation is excited to welcome this little man to the fam. This week, I was lucky enough to catch up with Raheel Magosha. Raheel is a senior at Washington, and I'm just going to let her tell you how busy she is. We dove into conversation about the strenuous process of applying to colleges, but Raheel takes it a step further as she's applying to 10 schools, a few of which are the likes of UPenn, MIT, and Yale. What shocked me most about my conversation with Raheel was her maturity, perspective, and well-thought-out answers that I would have expected to hear from someone who's much older than she is. It just goes to show the talent that we have walking our halls daily, and we hope this episode recognizes her as just that, talented. Enough talking. Let's get to our conversation with Raheel. Raheel, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Glad and, to be here. And this is a little bit different. I'm without my co-host, Grant Scouten. He is mandated home until his baby comes. So bear with me as I struggle through all the things that he <laughs> helps me do every week. So first off, I just want to talk a little bit about you and um, I've met you a couple times now um, and gotten to know you a little bit but I want myself and all the listeners to, to know a little bit more about you so I'm just gonna ask it point blank who is Raheel Magosha? <laughs> That's a very complex question probably. Um, yeah I'm a senior, um, I'm 17 uh, actually after this podcast I'm gonna go get my driver's license. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah um, I'm like crazy busy. You probably see me on the announcements every other day because I'm in so many clubs that I have so many things to talk about. Um, I'm the youngest in a family of four. I I don't really know. So let's go back a little bit from what you said about being on the announcements in the morning the other day when we were listening <laughs> to announcements, actually. Um, I I heard this voice, and it got done, and I was like, I looked at Roberta, who works in my room, and I was like, that person was really good at announcements. <laughs> and then your name got brought up, and I was like, well, that's just perfect because she's coming on the podcast. You sounded that's amazing. Funny. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about your family, okay? Yeah. So um, you told me something really interesting about you're, you're a first-generation English speaker, and mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about the dynamic in your household. What does it look like? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm first-generation. My mom came to the U.S. about 28 years ago. Um, it's really interesting in my house because I don't speak another language. I only speak English. But my mom, who speaks about three languages and not one of them are English (laughs) and so it's very curious like when you see me talking to my mom because she doesn't speak a word of English and I do and so when you hear us speak to each other everybody's confused on how we can understand each other and I don't know it just kind of works like I understand a mark I just don't speak it and my mom understands English she just doesn't speak it and I don't know. That's just kind of how we've been doing things for as long as I can remember, and that's probably how we're going to keep doing things. So, That's crazy. So what are the three languages that she speaks? Do you know? She speaks Arabic, Amharic, and Turgenya. Okay. And where did you guys, Where did your mom come from? Where, where, what country? She was born in a little village called Gondor in Ethiopia, but when she was about 13, um, her father died, so she had to bring in income, and she was 
like the middle child of like eight and so she left home one day and walked and hitchhiked to Sudan and uh, she yeah so that's kind of what she did that's how she learned how to be because she just kind of had to do it to survive so she spent like her whole life working um, like her mom spoke Amharic and her dad spoke Tigrinya so that's how she ended up learning three languages and then when she came to the U.S. she just kind of picked it up and then just kind of kept working so that's kind of how she is <laughs> and you just tell that like it's so just like that's that's the story and I'm over here like that is amazing that's crazy yeah. <laughs> um, and it's 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 really cool because I'm currently working on an ELL endorsement so mm -hmm. um, I'm actually taking a class where we're learning about refugees we're learning about yeah. some of the the treks and travels that people have had to take to freedom or to different countries so hearing your your mom's journey kind of fits in with some of the stuff that I've it's I've learned. crazy how much like she knows and she just kind of goes every day like it, it's like she's completely oblivious to how amazing she is it's it's insane what are some of the best traits you see in my mom yeah wow um I think it's like she never loses focus it's she never like dwindles and she never says that she's tired it's like every single day I see her like getting up at 5 30 to like go to work and she just is like on a constant move and I've never ever seen her like stray from that and I wish I could say that that's me but it's definitely not and I have no idea where like her hard-working mindset came from but I feel like she's just hardwired to take care of people other than herself you know she's just hardwired to take care of her family that's what she's been doing since she was young and it's what she's gonna keep doing and it's incredible and I think from what I've learned about you, you're, you're kind of that way without even knowing it. So, and you're obviously taking care of a lot of people here at Washington uh, with all the things that you're involved in. So jump into that a little bit. What all are you involved in here at Washington? How oh. many clubs are you the, the, um. the manager of and all the things? Sometimes I forget. Like I try to like list them off on my hands and I like forget. I'm kind of surprised you don't have them written down on your hands or on a <laughs> post-it note or something. What all are you doing these days um, at Washington? I am captain of Oral Interp, which is the speech and debate team here at Washington. Um, I am in student council, principals, advisories council. You've seen me at chess club a couple times. Um, I do quiz bowl. Um, oh, it's a long list. I am currently running poetry club, but we haven't really gotten that off the ground yet this year. Um, I've also been involved in the past. Like I used to do choir and band and like everything I suppose um, right now I'm starting an organization called divergence um, it's very fun stuff it's very crazy and like hectic all the time but it's I love it so and I want to get more into that divergence group here in a little bit what is your schedule look look like right now what classes are you taking oh um, first period I do online government because I my schedule is too full to actually take AP government, and I'm so glad I didn't because it's insane. Second period, I do AP Physics 2, and then I go on to do AP Chemistry. After lunch, I have AP Bio, and then I go to AP Calc, and I end my day with AP Lit. Just AP everything. <laughs> so hearing that, have you always been that determined and motivated is that something you carried through English or through elementary school and through middle school or? Oh, no. Um, 
when I was in elementary school and in middle school, he would like never see me in like any clubs. I would maybe do like two things. Like I would do like show choir and then I would do like band. And then that was like it. Like I would never really like round out my activities because like it wasn't, none of my friends did. Like I didn't really know what I was into. It was kind of just like, it was comforting to be in the same things my friends were, you know? So it was like, I would only do the things that people would tell me that I was good at. Like I would never want to get out of my comfort zone. And like now in high school, it's like, I'm not good at like half of the things I do, but <laughs> like I like learning how to like, like I like learning about how I can get better and how like this isn't something that I'm naturally good at. And I think that's an important aspect to learn. Like you should be able to branch on the things that you're not good at the second you start them. So and that's kind of how I've been going. Has that always been instilled in you? Like, have you always been drawn to maybe things that you're not good at, but you've just had a, like a longing to learn? Or is that something you've acquired mm -hmm. while being at Washington? I think it's something I acquired at Washington. I feel like being here has made me get out of my comfort zone because it's, it's like a safe space to like get out of it, you know? But when I was in like, middle school or elementary school everybody's kind of just like in their own cliques and in their bubbles and I feel like I found more comfort being in my bubble um, and now I just I don't know I feel like it's especially this year as well like I feel like I've gotten into a lot more activities this year okay um, has what was it about Washington like was it this way as a freshman when you came in were you pretty confident in your ability to do things or has that been something mm -hmm. that clicked this year when did that kind of start moving that direction freshman year I was like busy but that was because I wanted to try a lot of things like I wanted to try chess club or a jazz choir or a JV show choir or like or marching band or like things like that and I feel like I've always had a want to try new things and learn new things um, but in the aspect of becoming like well-rounded and finding things that challenged me, I feel like that happened going through my high school years just because I kind of learned the dynamic here at Washington and how it's like completely safe to want to do something completely different than everybody else and how you have people to support you here, like here to do that. And I think that especially this year, like as a senior, I've used that and taken advantage of that more than more times than I can count. So, for this break, we'd like to shout out and wish good luck to Coach Schroeder and the Warrior Volleyball team as they work toward a state championship this weekend. It's been so fun watching this team all season long, and no matter how this weekend goes, we are proud to call all of our young ladies Warriors. I don't know too much about volleyball. But my best advice would be just to hit them where they ain't. Inbounds, of course, and you should be just fine. Go Warriors!
Okay, I want to switch gears just a little bit. So you've, you're always busy, but you've been <laughs> especially busy here recently with thinking about next year. Mm. So I know you hate talking about it because it stresses you out, but <laughs> what you're doing is pretty amazing and, and where you're applying and the plans that you have. So I want to just get into some of the aspirations you have. So what has the application process been like for colleges and for next year? Oh my gosh, it is so, it's like you think you're done and then you like go and check it and you realize that there's something that you haven't done yet and so you're freaking out because there's so many deadlines and it's just like, it's that feeling, but all the time. <laughs> and it's just so scary because like, even as a first generation student, it's so hard because there's no one to really help you and it's like, you do have to find solace in your counselors and your friends because they're there to help you but they're just as confused as you so it's like we're all just struggling together at this point um, and I want to go and I want to study biochemistry um, and I want to go out east and I want to do research and development in that um, and so I've applied to a lot of different schools a lot of different programs but they're all through the same scholarship foundation I'm applying through this thing called Questbridge um, and it's really scary and I hate talking about it because I feel like it's not going to work out if I jinx it too much. <laughs> I'll knock on some wood here on a desk, okay? <laughs> um, but QuestBridge is specifically for low-income households and high-achieving students. And so when, um, <laughs> when, because my friend Blake did this last year, and when he heard about that, he like came up to me and he goes, this is you, you have to apply to this. If you don't, I'll be really mad at you. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. Um, and as a junior, you can be a QuestBridge prep scholar. And basically they help juniors that want to go into secondary education. They help them with their application process. They help them understand how to write good essays, understand financial aid, things like that. And so I had the honor to be a prep scholar. And then senior year, you apply to this thing called the National College Match. And QuestBridge is this really big foundation that have a lot of like college partners. I think they have up to 42. And schools like MIT and UPenn and Yale and Brown. Um, and you can apply to all of them in one application. And so you basically choose your top 12 and you apply to the national college match and then in like October they tell you if you're a finalist and then if you're a finalist your application gets sent to all of these schools but you have to write a bunch of like requirements and it's really really extensive and it's so stressful but you have the opportunity to get a full ride scholarship to one of your partners and it is so so stressful <laughs> but yeah but pretty awesome at the same time yeah so yeah. what were the did you list 10 off for me what were the yeah. 10 that you that you applied to so you can apply to up to 12 I applied to 10 um, my list is UPenn um, so University of Pennsylvania Tufts University Brown University Yale um, MIT Columbia Princeton Stanford Duke and Northwestern in Chicago. I'm pretty impressed that you can just sit there and just go through your fingers and just keep listening. Oh, them. that's because I had to memorize all of my match requirements, and so I go through the list like mentally about what like once a day. 
<laughs> you know, when you when you did that for me the first time, I kind of felt like you almost made a song out of it, the way you kind of were at a rhythm when you were going through them on your fingers. I always say them in the same order, you did. too. You did. That's right. Okay. So, and, and you said you're waiting, you're waiting the results or to hear back. Yeah. So I became a finalist. Um, I'm waiting for the results to come back. No one gets to know the date, so nobody can ask me on that day. So that makes it even better, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's, I would not have been able to do it if I didn't have really supportive friends and Mrs. Noel to like help me through it. Like we stayed at school one day until like seven, just trying to like figure out if we're missing anything. And there's always something you're missing. That's the thing about college applications. There's always something that you're missing. So let's segue from that. What you kind of spoke about how strenuous the process is to apply for what you're applying for, but mm -hmm. if you're if you're like me and you don't have many choices out of high school and they're not too like I'm not applying to any MITs or UPens, <laughs> I'm hoping to get into like Northern State or South Dakota State. Yeah. So, just for for the for the listeners or for the students who are thinking college might be an option, but then they see the word. The, the abbreviation FAFSA, mm -hmm. or they hear about some of these things that are intimidating. Where where have you gone to for resources, or how have you found your way? It is so um, extensive because things like FAFSA and things like the CSS profile, like nobody really talks about them and nobody really like explains them to you in a clear cut way. Um, so I've kind of had to battle it out myself. Um, but when it comes to resources. YouTube, Google, <laughs> Facebook chats, and your counselors. Like your counselors know their stuff and you just kind of have to find the courage to ask them. Um, but things like FAFSA, which is like the federal, the financial aid, federal something application. <laughs> I don't know the I abbreviations the time out there. It. Like it's something. Um, but yeah, it's this free application for financial aid that is, um, you can directly attach it to your IRS, so it's not that hard to fill out. It's just that a lot of the verbiage is very hard to understand, and it's things like the CSS profile that not that many, like, not a lot of schools require, I don't think, but it is something that you have to pay for, which is really, it also is hard on, like, first-generation students, because if you want to apply to, like, 10 schools, it's, like, 150-something dollars that you're paying for for each school, and it's, like, um, you just have to find those resources. Like, if you talk to your counselors, if you talk to your friends, like you can get waivers, you can figure it out, and it's just, it's extensive, but like, you just have to push through it. And it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah. Raheel, as a counselor, you always hope that you have a career in which you can bless the lives of others. However, Raheel, I can say with unwavering certainty that as a student, you have blessed my life. You are such a deeply compassionate human being, and you have and will continue to change this world. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of your life and your journey. We're back with more from Raheel Magosha. Um, we're gonna get into a topic that, like she just said, is super important for us to touch on because we'd be, be doing a disservice if we didn't. But before we get into that, Raheel, you brought up the Divergence Group a little bit ago. Um, and I want you to speak to our listeners uh, in our Washington community about what your plan is with this Divergence Group that sounds amazing. Yeah, so Divergence is this organization that me and about five other friends are starting. 
and it honestly it is a group that prompts communication and understanding so we kind of work to shine a light on students that may not normally have representation through sports or activities or things like that and just kind of make sure that they understand that they are just as exceptional as any other student here maybe not for the same reasons but for reasons all the same and we kind of just want to have other people understand especially like the teacher-student um, bond and how one can help the other and just kind of really put students' ideas out there in ways that prompt action and not just like complaining and not just um, like we are in no way to like trash talk the system like if there's a problem we want to see it and we want to fix it um, and that is kind of what we're all about so as of late we kind of have been doing this thing in the newspaper called student stories um, there's been talk with some mentorship programs with with in-state universities um, to just kind of bring in opportunities especially for underrepresented students here at Washington that there are options to help them get to where they want to go and just kind of level the playing field and just kind of in a way make sure that these students are known. And Raheel, I feel like you're you're like where change starts. Like you're the kind of people that like honestly change the world and, and like you're very, very special. What does what does change like what does the change you see and want to provide when it comes to representation in our school community? How does that look in your um, changed world or, or the, the change you're trying to move us toward? To me, I feel like change should only stop happening when it doesn't need to be constantly brought up anymore. Like, representation, the need for representation will end when there's not the thought that there needs to be representation, you know what I mean? Like, there shouldn't be the need to ask for more diverse teachers. There shouldn't be the need to advocate for um, black children to be in more STEM positions. There shouldn't need to be the advocate for um, like equal pay of men and women. Like that'll end when it happens and it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but it needs to happen now. And in my world, in my perfect vision, there is no need to ask for change because there, it shouldn't be a problem in the first place. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, that does make sense. And it's almost like you're teaching me through this, which is amazing. <laughs> and it, it kind of just makes me think, you, you brought up the, the idea, even at Washington High School, I mean, we're, we're the most diverse school in the state. Mm -hmm. And whether that's saying a lot or not, I mean, South Dakota <laughs> isn't the most diverse state. However, it is, it is pretty, pretty cool that we're the most diverse school. And I was thinking about it the other day, you know, we can count the, the amount of um, black teachers we have on one hand, you mm -hmm. know. And, um, I, you know, I thought about putting myself in the shoes of um, a student where, um, you know, I'm, I'm an African-American black student mm -hmm. sitting in a classroom with a white teacher and... Um, Trying to teach you about, like, civil rights, you know. Exactly. It is so hard. Like... And when that happens, we just put our guards up. We don't want to listen. We don't want to take advice from someone that it ne doesn't necessarily know how it feels. 
like you can sit in a classroom and your teacher will be teaching you about slavery but they can only tell you the facts they can't tell you how it feels to be that person they can't tell you um what it's like for any like for anyone else because they've never experienced that kind of discrimination and it is so so difficult trying to find role models in a society like this where especially in a state like this where there's not that many to go around and it comes to the point where if you're underrepresented you become your own role model and if you're underrepresented you have to start being the representation in those communities and it sucks that it has to be the kids that do that because when that happens you just have this overwhelming pressure that it's not for you and there's no one else in there that looks like you, that acts like you, that has your kind of story. And so because of that, you feel like that shouldn't be you, but it's completely the opposite. Because there are not people like you, that's exactly the reason why you should be going there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> how, so how do we as, and you, you gave the example of, you know, as a student sitting in the classroom being taught about slavery mm -hmm. from a white teacher, and then they automatically the guards go up. And that's just one example of hundreds that happen every day about mm -hmm. when guards go up for different reasons. How do we as teachers um, work with students when those guards come up? How, you know, how, do we, how do we navigate through those uncharted waters in those times? The balance is really difficult because on one hand, you don't want to listen to like a white teacher trying to teach you about civil rights. But on the other hand, it feels isolating when they specifically ask you your opinion. <laughs> you know, it's like when you go into group discussion and then everybody expects you to say something. And it's a hard balance between should I be the person speaking for my demographic or should I let someone else say it for me? And it's, I feel like there just needs to be more conversations happening you need to allow those avenues to your students and let them do the conversations it happens usually outside of the classroom because although a classroom can be a safe setting it feels like uh, it feels like there's pressure there to say a specific thing and you can't necessarily say your full opinion and so to allow those um, like that information to be said and then have students have the conversations themselves, I feel like that's what prompts change because you're more likely to tell your friend what you think than your teacher. And it's, that's just the way it is, that's how it naturally is. Um, but when it comes to those discussions, I feel like you need to let the students say what they need to say and just allow an open space. And if that takes, if that takes an hour of classroom time of just you sitting there and letting the kids say what they need to say or if you <laughs> literally just have them start a conversation, walk out of the room and see what happens, that is where you let students feel as though they are not pressured to say something specific and that they are allowed the, the opportunity to really speak their minds and I feel like when we start having those open conversations, that is when change is gonna happen. When it comes to discrimination you talked about, mm -hmm. and we almost become, we don't, it's almost like we try to be blind to it, like we don't wanna see it, you know what I mean? 
How have you personally been affected by discrimination or friends you know and, and, and in those circles? In a way, I can't tell you any one event happened to me that changed my views on discrimination. I can't tell you um, a specific classroom moment where I realized, oh, I am the minority. It is a constant feeling of putting your guard up. It is a constant feeling of trying to fight all of the microaggressions that people don't even realize that they're throwing at you from something as simple as saying, oh, I'm gonna butcher your name and then not even try to say it. Or like, or when you <laughs> try to say your opinion and they automatically think that like, you're not born in the US or just something silly like that. And it's like that tenfold, it's like an experience like that every day of your life for 17 years is, it doesn't necessarily make you feel like you're a part of society, it makes you feel like you're isolated from it. And for me specifically, being affected by racial injustice isn't an in-your-face like bullying type of way. It is just, oh, I just realized that I'm trying so hard right now and I know that the person in the room next to me doesn't have to try at all to get the same thing. And it's just like realizations like that that are really hit my self-esteem sometimes. But that's just kind of how the world is and it sucks, but. But you're the one that's being the change that, and, and you've sp spoken to it, like yeah. the things you're doing are, are you're, you're advocating for your peers and for all the ones that are gonna come through these walls after you. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably wish you had more years here to, you know, because <laughs> next year you're gonna have to pass that divergence group off. When you go to say that. When yeah. you go to UPenn, you know, you're gonna have to pass some stuff off because I, I don't think they're gonna expect you to run stuff from Pennsylvania. <laughs> So. Should I just take a gap year? Should I just stay here for another like three years? I'm sure, gotta... I'm sure Mrs. Nold will accept some help <laughs> down in the counseling office. So every episode, we're going to kind of tidy some stuff up here before we get to our draft. We always talk about the circle of courage. Mm. And <clears throat> with you specifically, I want to talk about belonging just because of where we've been here with talking about racial injustice and some of the things that, you know, that it's not all bad. We have so many great things happening within our building mm -hmm. and some really, really special aspects of belonging happening. How has how this made this place made you feel like you've belonged? I think I would not be the person I was today if I, if I went to any other school. I think that just the idea that this is a more diverse place than like any other high school here or even in this state, it's kind of freaky about like how I would grow up if I, if I didn't go here. And I feel like there is a sense of respect no matter what you do that the students here at Washington provide and the teachers here provide and we just constantly stress that everybody here has the same chance you just have to find it and there are people to help you but in the end it's ultimately just it's you making your own path and I feel like you have the avenues to do that here of all places <music> All right, we're going to finish up with our draft here. Today, since without Mr. Scouting, it's going to look a little bit differently. So usually we snake draft it, but today it's just going to go back and forth between me and you. Okay. Um, and 
I have a list made. You said you don't have a list made. I have them all in my head. You have them all in your head, mm -hmm. just like all the things you have to do on your to-do <laughs> list, right? Okay, so we're going to give our top five TV shows. Starting from five to one or one to It five. doesn't even matter. Just you, you choose. It's just your top five. So I would take your best one off the board before I steal it. However, I don't think that I, your top one is maybe my top one because I know you said you like vampires and you're probably going to go that direction. Uh, right? Fine. So, okay. so I don't have any vampires on my list, so you're safe. <laughs> but guests always go first, so I'm going to give you the number one pick for your TV show. Which one are you taking? Mm, Teen Wolf. Completely underrated. Teen Wolf is so good. I'm, they're actually coming back for a seventh season. A you, seventh season, yeah. huh? Yeah. I've never seen Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf is not well written, but it's well performed. Okay, you so just that have to the give act, a chance. so the actors and actresses make yes. up for the lack of writing. Don't watch the first season though. The first season is so bad. <laughs> I think my I think my wife is actually into that show. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Oh, she I, has my respect. I think, but um, so she likes the Vampire Diaries and all those type of things too. So. Well, that was also in my head, but. Well, no, I'm not going to take I'll that with this pick. So my number one pick is going to be The Office. Mm. Have you seen The Office? Um, my brother is obsessed with it. I've seen like two seasons. Kudos to your brother. <laughs> Manasseh? Yeah, Manasseh. Yeah. Okay. Um, my favorite scene from The Office is when he spills the bucket of chili. And Kevin does. Like <laughs> Grandma's chili. Grandma's <laughs> secret favorite recipe. Yeah. Oh, it's classic. My favorite scene. That's classic. Okay, so you're upper heel. Go ahead. Um, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds is oh, so good. You're gonna hurt me. I haven't seen Criminal Minds either. No, you're kidding. No, so that I, I get the gist of what it oh is. Oh my god. What's so good about it? I feel like it's less um it's less like gusto whenever they're like solving crime, you know? Like um they'll like get a case or something and they don't fight their way out of it like they understand the criminals and they like try to find like the psychological aspects that make them crazy <laughs> so and is it, like, is it like CSI no okay. criminal minds is literally in the title you figure out what your criminal is thinking and then you use that and you find a profile and then you solve the crime. you know what I think I have seen a little bit of Isn't this now good? that you're saying that yeah um, I'm not gonna say it's good because I can't I can't vouch for it with I don't remember it clearly, mm. but that is something I'd go and watch tonight. Yeah, I'll go check it out for you. Okay, my second pick I'm gonna go Boy Meets World. Oh, that's a good one. Did you ever see the spinoff, Girl Meets World? I didn't go there. <laughs> I just I'm I'm really careful Disney with those sequels type of things. Disney like I don't trust it. those. I feel like that would be yeah <laughs> that would dampen my view of but Boy Meets World. But Corey was the dad in that. Like he was still in it again, and his wife. I just Dang don't. Was 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 Feeney in it? I feel like I he. I think at one point he was. Really? Okay. Yeah. I just I'm really cautious with things like that. I just don't <laughs> usually. They don't usually end well, so I don't usually go there. Boy I Meets mean, World is just too it good to spoil. Good. It was. Disney kind of. Crapped on it, but it was. It was See, then I'm right. Try. I'm not gonna go there. Okay, you're up. Third um, pick. Attack on Titan. What's that? It's an anime. I usually, I, I think it was one of the first animes that I saw, but it is like, it's nothing like an anime. Like when you watch it, you forget that it's an anime. It's basically about like this um, small village. It's set in like 
like the 1400s and they and they get like attacked by like um what's called titans and they're like basically like they eat humans and nobody understands why and it is so crazy where can you see that one at is it on netflix it's on hulu hulu it's on hulu okay i've never looked into the anime they're coming out with a fourth or a fifth season soon it is very good um you do have to they have a dubbed english version so like you don't have to watch subtitles but like it's very good I'd, I'd be really bad at watching sub subtitles like i just i don't they have a dubbed version okay. so you're okay, okay. you're okay. okay all right my third pick i'm gonna go with breaking bad oh is that the one where they make meth yes <laughs> it is that's, uh, <laughs> that's all I know definitely not it. school appropriate on here <laughs> but yes that is the one that is the that's one so it's with the the, the teacher who finds out that he's got terminally ill cancer um and then just so many events to go through but yes he does end up making meth um to try to make money and i don't want to spoil it you can bleep it out in this podcast no it's fine but (laughs) it's a great show definitely in my top five so breaking bad um supernatural supernatural is so good i am not through all 12 of the seasons I think I'm on season like six, but it's very, it's one of those shows where it's like you like the characters and then you realize how stupid the characters are and then you want to yell at them, but then you like them anyway. I get you. <laughs> they put you on that roller coaster, yep. you know? Yep. That's how I feel. It kind of keeps you coming back for more, even uh-huh. though you got really irritated this the episode I, before. I think every other episode, I hate one of the main characters more than the other. And I'm just like... Oh. So you basically tune in to see which character you're going to hate more from yeah. this episode the next mm-hmm. time? Okay. Okay. Um, my next pick, so this is number four. I'm going to go House of Cards. Oh. So I'm kind of on a Netflix string here besides Boy Meets World, but House of Cards, it has Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. It's it's about politics, cro- crooked politicians. Is it like is it like Madam Secretary? Isn't that one? I've never seen Madam Secretary, Isn't but I've heard show? of it. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. It, that is a show, but I've never seen it. Um, it's just about, so President and his wife are very corrupt, and, and it oh. probably matches really well what's going on in our <laughs> political day and age right now, which is, <laughs> might, might be why I like it more. But um, uh, it just, with our election and everything that's going on right now, it's very fitting because a lot of the stuff that happens on that TV show, I kind of like, I wonder if that's actually happening in the White House right now. <laughs> So I'd say House of Cards. get me started. We'll be here for a while. Let's, we'll started. save that for another episode, okay? <laughs> All right, so that was my fourth pick. You're on to number five. Oh. Um, How are you going to finish it out? Okay, as of late, I watch a lot of NCIS. NCIS is like, it's kind of weird. It's like they specifically solve crimes, like military crimes, so like, um, naval officers, like petty officers, things like that. But my favorite part is because I'm a chemistry nerd and um, Abby on the show solves like literally everything with forensics and chemistry and I'm just like so into that. So I got you hooked, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. You can see yourself <laughs> playing that character. <laughs> Maybe, I guess. Maybe someday. Okay, my fifth and final pick is going to be Stranger Things. Oh, seen that's it? good. I haven't seen the third season right season yeah i think it was it finished up with the third season yeah um it was a show where when i started it i really didn't think i was gonna like it Mm. and as we kept going i kept wondering like why do i like this show (laughs) like 
there's so many weird things to it and um, parts of it shouldn't be good but they're extremely good and uh, I finished it up and I my wife and I watched it and I'm like that was a really good show so yeah. Stranger Things is actually gonna make my top five we should have done guilty pleasure up TV shows well we'll just save guilty pleasures yes, for it's on the list oh okay we'll save but. that for our political episode that we're going to have you back on someday, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll come back. I'm okay. serious. Okay, perfect. So hopefully in the next time you come back, we'll maybe have an, have an answer to our election results. Right now yeah. we're on day five, day four. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, when we have you back, when in December, January, we'll maybe have some results of this thing. Yeah, I'm not the most educated on politics, but I will give you my best shot. Neither am I, but uh, <laughs> maybe sometimes the less <laughs> educated understand also. things even more so. So, Well, Raheel, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. Mm-hmm. Um, you are truly, I, I literally, the first time I met you a few weeks ago, I left and I actually went and found Mrs. Knoll, and I was like, this woman is incredible. Um, and I'm not even kidding when I say you're going to be somebody that does amazing things and does change the world. I'm so. not all that. I'm made up of everybody else who's helped me. Well, they have a great one to look up to. And uh, <laughs> just really look forward to how you're going to continue things here at WHS with all the groups you're involved in and you're just doing amazing things. So I just really appreciate the warrior spirit that you have and, and all that you are for our community. Yeah, thank you for having me.